Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Happy Friday, everybody. It's going to be a great Friday here in New Orleans, and we are coming to you again from Studio B on the campus of the Saints and Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. And uh, we'll cover a couple of topics today. Mother's Day is on our mind. I hope that everybody's ready for Mother's Day this weekend. It's a hugely important day, and I've learned uh, it has extra special meaning here in New Orleans and in the years now that I've lived in the South. Um, I think we do Mother's Day better here than than anywhere else I've lived, and so I'm very much looking forward to it. Looks like the weather's going to cooperate, and a good time should be had by all. Uh, Don't forget, you know, car goes a long way, but uh, time spent with mom if possible, it goes the longest, that's for sure. Uh, you know, speaking of Mother's Day, you know, we hear a lot about uh, professional athletes uh, speaking of the influence of their mothers, and uh, there are some great stories about that. As a matter of fact, uh, Jen Hale from Fox Sports New Orleans, the NFL on Fox, is going to join us today on the Black and Blue Report. And I was going to ask her, you know, kind of about the NFL draft and maybe some storylines that she'll be keeping an eye on this summer. But, you know, she's interviewed uh, the mother of Anthony Davis and uh, several others in her NFL and NBA um, days and nights. And so I may ask her about that today, uh, what she's learned from the from some of those uh, mothers of professional athletes or any athletes in general. So we'll take that angle. I think that's probably a pretty good idea. And we'll continue our uh, week-long coverage of the Saints draft uh, and getting to know Davis Tall a little bit more. No, Davis won't be on today, but his college head coach will be. Russ Huseman, the head coach at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, is going to join us here on today's podcast, and give us his uh, insight on Davis Tull, who are many are calling a, a real find maybe for the Saints in the fifth round. Now, Tull is coming back from a shoulder injury. He had labrum surgery, so it will be probably a little bit before we see his, uh, his skills on the field. Um, but I'm sure he'll be a part of rookie minicamp next week. Uh, I'm sure he's already part of the classroom process, but today we'll get a story or two from Russ Huseman. So, we're looking forward to that. And then we'll wrap up Friday with a little Mother's Day wish, and uh, we'll ask for your uh, input and help on the uh, lineup for next week's Black and Blue Report. 
So stay with us when we come back from this uh, first timeout. Uh, Jennifer Hill from Fox Sports New Orleans and the NFL on Fox as we embark upon today's show. Do you have all the right moves to be a member of the hottest dance team in the NBA? The Pelicans dance team is having open auditions for their 2015-16 squad and you are invited to try out. Join us on Saturday, June 13th at the New Orleans Pelicans practice facility on Airline Drive in Metairie. For more information on how you can be a part of the Pelicans dance team, visit pelicans.com today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, a Friday is always better when we get Jen Hale from Fox Sports New Orleans, the NFL on Fox. She joins us now on the Black and Blue Report with uh, some NFL talk. Uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll put NBA to bed for a little bit here, Jen, but let's, let's turn our attention to NFL, which will be next up for you. First of all, happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. I hope you've had a great week. It's been uh, it's been nice having the weather cooperating a little bit more. As you know, we all saw a turn for the better at Jazz Fest last weekend, and then uh, it's been a very enjoyable week. So I think you're right. I think it's a good way to go into Mother's Day weekend. More on that in a moment, by the way. But first, uh, last weekend, obviously on the NFL side, uh, was the draft, and uh, certainly I think there were some predictable storylines, Jen. But with regard to the New Orleans Saints, uh, were you able to digest the nine picks and? And what did you start to take away from what Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis were doing? Yeah, I'm excited about the nine picks, Sean. I'm, I'm, I'm glad the Saints reloaded. You know, there's a lot of speculation. Maybe there would be some trades. Maybe they try to get, you know, reduce the number of picks for some, some higher choices. But I, I really like the nine that they've reloaded with. I, I'm really curious to watch how Jared Grayson develops. Um, Andrew Pete, I think, was a much – needed addition when you think about the age and price tag of Drew Brees. If I had one concern, it would be did the Saints get the pass rusher they need? Um, that's going to be something to watch for. Who can step up and, and play that role and what young blood, new talent is going to develop into that down the road for the Saints. But, but all in all, I think uh, the Saints got some nice building block pieces. I think they got a couple of players who might make a quick impact and certainly an infusion of new talent. And I like the balance of six defensive players versus three offensive players. I think that was the right direction to go. Jen, you you talked about the infusion of new talent. And I think that, you know, most everybody agrees that probably the – 
the bottom 30% of your roster is kind of always in flux, and that's any year in the NFL. But um, if you take the way that the Saints drafted and then couple it with the free agency period, uh, there was a concerted effort, and I guess Sean Payton told us at the start that um, there was to be a new culture in that locker room. There was to be a new field of this football team. And I, I thought this past weekend's draft put a nice cap on at least that sentiment. Absolutely. You know, they put their money where their mouth is. When you look at that, that Jimmy Graham trade, um, I think that certainly had at least something to do with sending a message. Uh, and, and, and certainly it was, it was not a bad locker room last year, Sean, as, as I think you can attest to. I just don't think there were the leaders that we've seen on Saints squads in years past. So, therefore, when trouble arose, you didn't have those veteran voices being the steady calm. You didn't have those veteran voices bringing up the young, younger ones, setting the example. Um, so, so I do think that's something they're going to have to concentrate on, especially with the infusion of young, new talent. It's a great thing, but you want the right locker room culture. You want to cultivate uh, the right attitude. And um, I, I was very pleased to hear Zach Streif say, you know, he told me, he said, yeah, my role – uh, is, is dual fold this season, not just what I do on the offensive line, but, but to, to t- take a larger, more vocal role in making sure everybody on the team, all these new, new guys, understand what we are, what we do, and who we're about. And, and I think that's a, a real crucial element to the Saints' success next season. Yeah, good point. And I think it leads me to where I wanted to go next with you. Uh, that's something that I think that you'll probably have in your notebook is – as a as a storyline to watch as we get into the offseason, the OTAs, mini camps, and then obviously heading for training camp. If that's one, and it doesn't just have to be the Saints jet, it can be across the league. Is I, I I think at this point you're still wide open as you don't know your schedule yet with the NFL on Fox. But you know, if you were to start a notebook here post draft of possible storylines that you're going to need to keep an eye on, um, what else would make the list there with the Streep storyline you spoke of? On that one for a moment, um, leadership on defense is going to be especially interesting to me because I think that's where the void especially was last year uh, in the locker room, but also on the field. You know, I don't think communication was very good. Curtis Lofton now over with the Raiders. So, uh, you know, the Cam Jordans, the, the Jarrett Birds, they're, they're, even though they're good guys, they haven't been comfortable necessarily stepping up and being that voice that somebody's going to have to do it. So within the Saints side and over on that defensive portion of the locker room, I'm looking to see who embraces that role. Uh, very curious to see how our number one and number two draft picks overall play out, the Marcus Mariota versus Jameis Winston storyline. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, can, can Jameis Winston – keep his nose clean and, and, and do a turnaround. You know, we've certainly seen it with other players. Tyron Matthew is a great example of a success story. Uh, but we've also seen players fail at doing so. And he's going to have a lot of attention and a lot of money and a lot of fame um, tempting him, so to speak. Uh, I am, am excited for Marcus Mariota. I think he's a great guy. I want to watch how he blossoms and learns. Also, what does that mean for our LSU guy, Zach Mettenberger? <laughs> And then I guess one more for the Saints, a, a little more obscure, but uh, in that fifth round, they chose a guy named Davis Tull. And I, I've had several folks from um, around the league just tell me how impressed they were with this guy, that if he hadn't hurt his shoulder, they thought he would be a much higher draft round pick, and they think that he could be one of the steals of the draft. So I'm curious to watch once he gets healthy how he develops and, and, and what he turns into. 
Yeah, we're going to talk to his college head coach here in just a few minutes um, from UT Chattanooga. Hey, uh, you mentioned LSU guys. Uh, Lyell Collins yesterday signs with the Dallas Cowboys, and, and I'm not so sure I know what to to make of the whole situation. I'm happy for the young man, um, but I can't imagine what he's been through the last two to three weeks and, and, and its impact on um, not only him and the Cowboys, but player draft selections and, and how it's covered. And, and, and all. There's, there's so many angles to take to this. Uh, it's just the whole thing strikes me as very curious, very strange, not in a bad way, but just, man, it just makes me shake my head a little bit, Jen. Sean, yes, it's just so sad all the way around. First of all, of course, for the young woman who lost her life and, and, and her child. Um, you know, it, it's so hard. If Collins played some sort of a role, then obviously justice needs to be served. But, but if he didn't at all, boy, the timing for him was just catastrophic. You know, to be in Chicago ready for the draft and to have to come back and, and address these types of accusations in this situation – uh, I do think it's going to make teams as a whole um, more cognizant of, of who they're drafting and who they're who they're spending their time on. I will be curious to see if it is the same standard for the highest levels of talent. I still wonder if top level talent will still get more of a yard pass than, than mid level talent. Um, mm-hmm. So certainly, I hope that with all of the domestic, but all, all the issues we've seen play out in the NFL this year. I hope we can see some sort of firm standards ushered in, some sort of, you know, this is how it is. There, there is no arbitrary decisions. Everybody knows what's going to happen when XYZ plays out. I, I think we started to see it, but I don't think it's gone far enough yet by any stretch. Did, did the media screw this up a little bit, Jen? You know, journalistically, uh, you know, obviously I remember the headline Pro Football Talk had regarding, um, you know, Baton Rouge police seeking Lyle Collins. And, and, and that was, to me, somewhat misleading, and it may have snowballed from there. Uh, journalistically, was it handled okay, or was there, was there some blame to be placed upon the fifth estate, or the fourth estate, excuse me? You know, it's funny. As a journalist, my, my, myself, and having done hard news for 10 years, we always cringed at the headlines in the newspapers and the teases written on the newscasts because so often the journalists doing the actual story, they don't write that. That's a different department. And, yes, I feel like if you read that headline, the headline convicted him. The headline made you think, oh, he is the suspect in this case, not that he's wanted to provide information surrounding the case, but not as a suspect or a person of interest. I think it was certainly misleading and, unfortunately, sensational, and that's what sells. That's what people want. That was the big drama surrounding the draft. And, like I said, if he is innocent, it's just such a shame for that young man that he had to be caught up in that and, and um, you know, convicted in a way. I'm sure there are people across the country who don't follow it day by day who, who still think he is the suspect in the case. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, hey, I know I've kept you on a long time. Finally, uh, by the way, this weekend is Mother's Day, as you know, and uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting your mom, a very graceful lady, uh, to say the least. Um, you have had the chance over the years to interview and visit with moms of professional athletes. 
Are there any in particular that stick out that left you with something that perhaps you didn't expect? Oh, wow. That's a good question, Sean. Um, goodness, I feel like there are so many. You know, Tom Morstead's mom is just a fantastic, fantastic lady. She's British, uh, but she is so fun and so down to earth that you hear her speak in that British accent. Um, she's just a really neat lady. She's a breast cancer survivor, just just full of life, and, and you see a lot of where he comes from and his attitudes come from. Um, I think, you know, I just, I love Arena Davis, Anthony Davis's mom. She keeps him so grounded. I think she is a huge part of his success um, and making sure that he does not let the fame get to him. Because at such a young age, that, that would be an easy temptation. Uh, she's down here as much as possible with her job in Chicago and, and just a wonderful example of what a family should be to me, of what a, a parent and a parental role should be in the wide world of sports, shall we say. Mm -hmm. um, who else? Goodness, so many. I, I feel like, you know, the the moms who are engaged, it's such a blessing to their, their children because the world of professional sports, although from the outside in, you know, you see the money, you see the fame, you think I'd trade places in a moment, and certainly they're blessed, but it also comes with its own set of stresses and problems and I think to have someone trusted like a mom close by your side is, is really crucial. Um, I guess the other one I would point out, uh, Tyron Matthews' mom, um, they adopted him when he was a baby and, and I think she's just been a wonderful presence in his life as well and helping him overcome his troubles and turn into the successful young man we see today. We've all needed it, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, Jen, I hope that you have a great weekend. Enjoy the great weather and, uh, and the rest of your Friday as well. We really appreciate you coming on today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Have a great weekend as well, and uh, happy Mother's Day to your wife, Kim. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And with that, we'll take a break, and then, as we mentioned, we'll talk with uh, Davis Tolls college football coach next. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir? I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot That's tub. That's quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. 
Welcome back to the program. We uh, talked earlier about Russ Huseman, the head coach of Tennessee Chattanooga, and that he might be the best guy to talk to uh, with regards to fifth-round uh, draft pick of the New Orleans Saints, Davis Tull. Uh, many coach have described uh, Davis as perhaps the sleeper in this draft of the fifth round. And, uh, Coach, I'm, first of all, very excited to bring you on, but anxious to hear your, your thoughts on Davis Tull. Oh, what, what a special individual. Um, special football player, dynamic. Um, obviously, everybody saw the numbers that he put up as far as explosion, speed. I mean, his numbers in college as far as sack totals, tackles for losses, uh, big playability was, was off the charts for us. Um, you know, he, he, he's a special player. And, and I, I believe you're, they're right about a steal in this draft. I think if he wouldn't have had the labrum surgery on the shoulder and he had the ability to work out for more teams individually, um, he, he'd have probably been a higher draft pick. He, he's a special individual. How much further does he have to go, Coach, recovering from that labrum surgery? You know, I don't know. I haven't talked. I haven't spoken to him here in a couple weeks now. Uh, I talked to him after he had the surgery, but um, I'm not real sure about the time timetable for him to recover. Coach, the the limited amount of film I've seen on him just makes your jaw drop a little bit. I'm, I'm a graduate of an FCS football school. At Southern Illinois, I'm, I'm very familiar with the level of play. I think that in some ways uh, what he was able to do for you uh, in two conference championships and the like um, seems to be being downplayed a little bit, and I don't quite understand it. Is there that much of a jump that Davis has to make here from FCS to the NFL? Well, I think the jump that he has to make is is, is to learn to play on his feet standing up, and, again, I don't know what um, you guys are planning on doing with him there, but I think it's going to be a, di- a change for him because he's played with his hand in the ground the whole time for us. But um, I-, I just know that he, if he went to a BCS school, he'd be playing for a BCS school. There's no question about mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, it, if you look at Rob Ryan's uh, scheme, more of a 3-4, but that doesn't mean a 4-3 doesn't come into play as well. You mentioned, you know, playing with your hand in the dirt, which may be a bit of a stretch from the NFL, but but upright, I'm hoping you can share your thoughts on his ability to not only pass or rush the passer coach, but maybe help seal the edge or take a pop on a run. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I think probably the the – the size is an issue with him, you know, being a true defensive end. Uh, but if you're asking me, is he a physical player? Yes, he is. Um, you know, they talk about his sacks. They talk, you know, you talk about the big playability. But uh, he was fantastic at the point of attack, taking on blocks and and, and sticking his nose in there. Uh, so again, I, I don't know enough about the NFL. Uh, to predict, I, I, the only thing I can predict predict with Davis is he, he's got a relentless motor about him. Uh, he's a playmaker, and here's the thing that people don't realize about Davis is he played with a torn labrum in his shoulder the whole football season. Now he could have he could have got into the eighth game of the year, broke the Southern Conference sack record, which I think he did seventh or eighth game of the year. 
and put it on cruise control and just said, "Hey, I've got an NFL, I've got an NFL future. Uh, I'm not going to play as hard as I need to." And that was never him. I mean, that kid, that kid played hard all the way to our 14th game of the season uh, in the New Hampshire game. Uh, just got after it. You could never tell, but he was in he was in a lot of pain playing. Uh, so I'll never, you know, I, I can never thank him enough for giving Chattanooga all he did. You know, playing you know, on, on with, playing with something like that and the position he plays and how much he has to use his, his hands and his arms and his shoulders and um, just just a great kid. And, and, and we're grateful that uh, that he made that commitment to, to play as hard as he did for 14 football games this year. Coach, you mentioned his motor. You mentioned his toughness. Um, is there something about his technique or skill set on the field that – that you would say uh, is something that just can't be coached that he has? Well, I think the one thing that you guys will like about him and the coaches will like about him, he, he's a student of the game. He studies the game. He's up here all the time. He studies his opponents. He, he knows the defense. Uh, he, it's not only knowing uh, you're lined up in a six technique or a seven technique or a nine technique. He knows based on – where the back is, what kind of formations. He sees all those things, anticipates, um, you know, what he's going to see based on formation tendencies that he's been coached on or he studied, uh, tendencies from linemen that, that he studies. He, he, he really is a student of the game, and, and, and I think that's what really helped him be a great player. Coach, uh, is there a story that would give us uh, any insight onto what kind of a kid he is off the field? Um, we've got a pretty diverse locker room down here personality-wise. Pretty quiet. Um, you know, kind of sticks to himself a little bit. Uh, very bright. I mean, he was an academic All-American here. He was our first one I think we ever had in football. And, uh, you know, that's pretty special when, you, when you're good enough to play and, and be named an All-American and then you're smart enough to be an academic All-American, let alone a three-time All-American at this level. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen, you know, the stories that are out there. I mean, obviously he walked on here um, after not playing his senior season. And uh, our defensive line coach actually talked him into staying. He, he was going to go back and, and just transfer back to, to UT Knoxville and be a student. Uh, he was frustrated. He came in, you know, he hurt his wrist a little bit. Uh, but we were playing on red shirt and him anyway, and our defensive line, our defensive line coach talked him into staying, and and then I think once we got him over that hump, you know, all freshmen, they all come in and and they get homesick, they they get frustrated, and Davis was very similar to the rest of them, but um, we talked him into staying, and uh, I tell you what, it's pretty fortunate we did. Sounds like, Coach, you, you recruited him on the back end. I don't want to say he fell into your lap, but sounds like the work was more in keeping him than getting him. Well, I actually don't even remember this, but I've been told this by our guys and Davis that he came to our football camp the summer leading into his senior season, and I don't remember him. And, and I think part of the reason was I think he played wide receiver the whole time during our camp. 
and uh, we weren't going to take him as a wide receiver, but uh, <laughs> we were recruiting him, no question about that. And uh, But I believe that's the case. You know, I don't think he ever – I think he was standing up out there at wide out most of the camp, so uh, we didn't really get to evaluate him as a, as a defensive end prospect. Now, that that's coming from the coaches in Davis. I, I don't remember that, but, um, you know, if he's going to be at a camp, as a you know, I don't even know what he weighed coming out of high school, but um, you know, standing up as a wide receiver, he probably had some skills about him. I would imagine you might want to keep an eye on the wide receivers each year at camp now, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm a defensive guy, so I didn't pay much attention to that side. But uh, I tell you, it didn't take long. He showed up about day one or day two, and. Uh, we figured we had something special pretty quick. That's amazing. Uh, Russ Usman here, the head coach of the Tennessee Chattanooga Mocs, with us on the Black and Blue Report. Coach, for a school like Chattanooga, let's let's just say that this is a, a successful transition for Davis to the NFL. Uh, what does that do for a program like yours to, to have a guy succeed in the NFL at that level? I mean, it's huge uh, for us. You know, we've got a couple in the NFL right now. Um, and we actually got a defensive tackle, Derek Lott, who signed a free agent deal with the Titans, and we got a running back who's going to the rookie mini camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we actually had a really nice class here that, uh, mm-hmm. of players that can play. Now, whether they make a team or not, who knows, but they're good enough to get an opportunity to go to the next level. And for us, it's huge. I mean, just talking about, I'll tell you what, we've been using Davis Toll and recruiting all – anytime we recruit a defensive end, um, we use Davis and talk about Davis and, and, and you know, we – and tell them, hey, here's what we think you can do. We think you can be like this. You know, and now we can continue to recruit defensive players and, and just tell them, hey, listen, here's what we've done. You know, we've got two DBs uh, from our time here that are in the NFL – uh, so we've, we've been very fortunate to, to, to bring out some defensive players to play at the next level. Outstanding, Coach. Hey, I really I know it's a really busy time for you and your staff, uh, but I really appreciate you taking a few minutes. I've been anxious to – or eager, I should say, to talk to you about uh, Davis, and uh, I can't wait to see him here at rookie mini camp next week. Well, I don't know if he's going to be able to do anything, but he, he's a great yep. kid, and you guys will be – I'm, I'm glad you all drafted him. You'll be proud of him. I, I think he's going to be a special player. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get to see him play just yet, but just even the chance to meet him will be will be fantastic. Good kid. You'll Coach, all the best. All the best to the mocks. Yep. Thank you so much. You got it. That's uh, Russ Huseman, the head coach of the Tennessee Chattanooga Mocs, talking about Davis Tull, the fifth-round draft selection of the New Orleans Saints. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, 
Ochsner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-OCHSNER for a same-day appointment. Ochsner, healthcare with peace of mind. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. Hey, big thanks to our guest today, Jed Hale from uh, Fox Sports New Orleans and the NFL on Fox, and Russ Huseman, head coach of the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. That was a nice way to wrap up the week here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll take a break for the weekend. We certainly hope that you enjoy that. And then on Monday, we'll come back and uh, we'll learn more about the Saints drafts pick, the draft picks, I should say. Uh, as we'll dig into a Damian Swan next week. I think Marcus Murphy, too, will learn about the seventh-round draft choice out of Missouri. And Siku Smith from NBA.com will uh, update us on the playoff picture come Monday. We're all involved here. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. And for Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. See you Monday here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Yeah.